When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, and this is the Big Fight Preview for Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. And whilst it is not really the fight we want to be seeing this weekend, it is what we will be covering, but there are also some great fights happening across the world and on this particular undercard. So I'm going to get into it and talk about this particular exhibition bout just feels like I've always said it is to me in my mind it's a cash grab opportunity for Mr Fury now it is what it is look it could be worse it could be misfits boxing which is something that just really doesn't appeal to me whatsoever at least with something like this it is a genuine legitimate boxer against a legitimate UFC former heavyweight champion who is also cashing in on this opportunity to have a crossover fight. And I have said before in the past, I'm not against these crossover fights unless it affects something major. I think for me, this does affect the fact that we're not going to see the Usyk fight. Because if this wouldn't have been made, would we have able to have been seen the Usyk Fury fight? Would, would it have happened later this year? Would it have given Alexander enough time to recover from the injuries, get himself ready to go and be ready by December for a big date. I think so. But instead, obviously Fury does what he does and he goes away and he, he you know, his management team and his promotional team, they find an opportunity for him. They find a, a, a market which they can cross over into, which would make everybody involved more money with. And ultimately they're taking that opportunity to do it. I'm not against the idea of the concept of, of that happening because it's happened for many, many years. Again, I always refer to Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki. You know, that happened. You've also got guys like Chuck Webner, you know, fighting bears. It's ridiculous, like what have happened in the past, but it's happened. And I'm not against these situations happening as long as it doesn't interfere with what potentially could be a mega fight, which is what it is doing, essentially, in my mind. It's interfering with what I really want to see. So whilst I'll be tuning into the card, whilst I'll be tuning into to probably watch the undercard fights, I am obviously going to see what happens and I'll be interested to see, you know, how this plays out. It is an exhibition, guys. So, you know, you're not really going to expect to see a winner per se, despite what both of these guys are saying and the way they're hyping it up, like there's going to be a knockout in this. The only way there'd be a knockout in this is if it was predetermined. And if it's predetermined, then... It is really just pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, isn't it? So those that are going to go out there, 
and spend lots of money on this situation and this event at the weekend, then more fool you guys for doing so because it is what it is. I'm interested in seeing the fights on the undercard. Now, the British title fight for me is the one I'm most interested in on this particular card because it's the first time it's ever happened. Like, we've never seen a British title fight not happen, like, in the UK like this. Like, it's, it's a significant fight with two guys at a stage of the career, which makes it a significant fight. It's not like a British title fight where one guy's had a couple of losses and is challenging the guy who's undefeated. This is two undefeated, hungry guys that are going at it. There's already a bit of bad blood between them. They've been talking about it for months on social media. Now it's finally here. And I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing this fight on the undercard. Fabio Wardley has come from the white collar scene, developed himself into this fighter who is exciting to watch. He's now 16-0 and and he's got the potential to be a British champion by the end of the weekend. David Adelaide, 12-0, and another exciting fighter fighting on Queensbury promotions. It's interesting. It is. This is what I want to see in boxing. I want to see these type of fights. So I'm, I'm quite excited of the prospects of seeing this particular fight. How do I think this one will play out in particular? Well, that's a good question because I think they can both bang and I think they could both hurt each other. I think we've seen Wardley with his lack of experience, he can be hurt. And if he gets hurt, like David Adelaide has done in his previous fights, he will go in for the kill. And same with Wardley, if he hurts David Adelaide, he will go in to try and finish this fight. For me, it's got all the markings of Daniel Dubois versus Nathan Gorman from a few years ago for the British title. It's got the same hallmarkings of that because I think we'll get an exciting, ferocious fight and I think we'll get a knockout. And I'd be very surprised if this does go 12 rounds because both of these guys have got absolute form at the moment. So to see this go the distance would be quite a surprise to some people. And I bet you, if you're a betting man or woman, There'd be some good odds on this going the distance and possibly even a draw. I don't think they'll come through, but there'd certainly be some good odds on that if you were looking for a bet this weekend. But no, seriously, guys, this is this is the fight. A 94 KO ratio percentage against a 92 KO percentage. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible British title fight that I'm looking forward to. So this, for me, is the one that I'm, I'm most looking forward to tuning into this weekend. Obviously, I'm going to see the Fury fight. Obviously... You know, it is, it is what it is. And that's why, guys, I don't want to sit here and, and and sort of insult your intelligence by trying to do some sort of analysis on it. Like, I can guarantee, without even looking on social media or looking at YouTube channels or even scanning other people's podcasts and whatever else people are doing out there, I can imagine there's some people that are taking this very seriously, that are actually doing a full detail breakdown and analysis and and. and analyzing the styles of these fighters and looking at the UFC career and Garner and his striking abilities and looking at Fury's lateral movement and footwork. Uh, you know, I can imagine there's people really going to town on that sort of thing, but I'm not going to insult you guys and do that because at the end of the day, we all know what this is. So what we're going to see is two guys go in there. Maybe we'll see some interesting exchanges, some spicy exchanges, but ultimately, I can't see that they're, they're going any further than that. And and if there's a knockout for me, I can't see it being a legitimised one because it's an exhibition. With an exhibition, there is usually rules in saying don't take liberties with your opponent. You're not going in there to knock each other out. You are going in there to put on a show, but you're not essentially going in there to absolutely wipe the floor with each other. 
albeit they'll they'll both say it. Of course they will, because that that's what they want to do to hype it. But ah, I can't see that happening, guys. I mean, if it's come Monday, Tuesday next week, and we've got a completely different conversation to have, then yeah, absolutely, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take it as it comes. But for me, now nah, it is what it is, and. It's the undercard that I think really we should be focusing on as fight fans and, and be interested in, in what else is happening over the weekend. I think the other fight on there, the other heavyweight interesting fight for me uh, was, of course, Makhmadov versus Smakiki, I think it is. And again, it's one where I think they're setting this up for Makhmadov to look, look fantastic. In his last five fights, he's had wins in four of them fights in rounds one and two. And then he had his unanimous decision the only one and he's in his record so to speak the only blemish so to speak because he's had 16 of the 17 wins by ko that unanimous decision over 10 uh, has dropped it down to 94 but it's making him look good it's making him look like a real threat in the heavyweight division he's ranked quite highly with the wba and the wbc and, and a little bit lower by the wbo and ibf but he's fighting a guy who's 33 who's you know not coming off the best of form and to me, it's just, it's just lined up to make Makhmadov just look great in, in front of a big audience and under a, on, on a big undercard, so to speak. So, you know, I'm not really too focused on, on talking about that, so to speak, because I can't really sort of say it's going to go any any other way than a Makhmadov win, uh, to be honest. But I am interested in, in Joseph Parker continuing on with his boxing career and, and I'm wondering sort of where where he's looking to go at this point of his boxing career like he's 31 he's still relatively young but you know he's had two victories since he's come back since his loss to joe joyce and he's fighting uh, a guy obviously in Keane, who you know for me i've not seen too much of him i've had a look at him but to be honest i don't see him as a, a major threat in in the heavyweight division he's got a good good resume behind him but now, nah, for me, it just just feels like a, a real a setup opportunity for Joseph Parker to again continue his comeback in his career. And on the same undercard is Martin Bicoli versus Carlos Takam. So, you know, with that fight also happening as well, you've got a couple of interesting fights on the undercard to to be tuning into on this particular card. If if you are looking for some interesting fights, I mean, the standout one to me is Adelaide and Wardley and Bicoli versus Takam. And then what I want to focus on is having a conversation around some of the other fights of the weekend. So it is a little bit different, this big fight preview. It might be headlined Fury versus Ngannou and, and, and all the rest of it. But, you know, I thought I'd use the opportunity to talk about something that I thought is going way under the radar at the moment, which is the fight on Friday in Florida with Amanda Serrano versus Daniela Ramos and Serrano defending WBA, IBF, WBO featherweight titles in a fight which has been sanctioned to be 12 three-minute rounds, uh, the first of its kind in the female side of boxing, which I think is a landmark moment. I just don't think it's going to get the same level of media attention as what the Nganu and Fury fight's going to get because, obviously, of, of, of their reputations. So I think it's quite disappointing for Serrano, really, because I think she's getting flew under the radar a little bit. And I know in America, boxing isn't the, the number one sport. It's like 9 for 10th down on the list. So this makes it even more difficult. As a, as a boxing fan, I think this is really interesting and quite a landmark moment for this side of the sport because then if this is successful, 
and that is a successful title defence for her and it's a successful bout, then it's going to start to open that conversation up more seriously about the fact is, why can't we have more 12 three-minute women's bouts? You've got a big fight between Chantal Cameron and Katie Taylor, rematch coming up in a few weeks' time. You'd think that would be another one that they could do this for. I think it's really important because if they can display that it absolutely makes no difference whatsoever, which ultimately I believe that in the grand scheme of things, then it might open that conversation up more where more people and more organisations, and including the British Boxing Board of Control, are more likely to say, do you know what, if it's done done on such a big stage like this, then why can't we do this with our British titles? Why can't we sanction these big bouts like that? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be for every single female boxing bat bout you know to me it has to be for the big fights for the world title fights where world title championships are on the line that's where i think it should start with if this is successful maybe bleed it into other world championship bouts involving women if that continues to be a success and the reports come in that it isn't causing any longer term damage as a result of what people have said scientists have said that it would cause longer term damage and women are more susceptible to it if he doesn't, then why can't it be a permanent thing? So I think it's really important that that does get its little bit of publicity and, and it is being overshadowed. And I know there'll be people within boxing that will be talking about it the same way I am. I am passionate that it, it should happen. And eventually, we should be in this position where we're talking about it and, and making the equality side of things a little bit more closer together than what it's ever been before they've made some great strides for for females in this sport over the past five years i think if this is successful keep doing it and if it continues to be successful then there's no reason why it can't become a permanent thing so definitely tune into that because that'll be really interesting to see i i know for a fact right it's going to make no difference them extra minutes across that fight they're not going to make a difference if you go to a boxing gym If you have ever trained in a boxing gym and you've trained around other female fighters, they put in just as much work, if not more work and more rounds than what men do. So to me, it doesn't make a difference in terms of conditioning and fitness levels. And no, it's about sustained punishment. My argument would be, however, it's not like you're being hit by a 16 stone man and you're a 10 stone woman. Is it? You're fighting someone who is matched in your weight category at your size. So the sustainability element of being able to contain that damage and manage that damage and that damage not be long-lasting, surely, without being a scientist or a doctor, surely, in my mind, the logic says that it isn't as bad as maybe what people have made it out to be. And to be honest, how are we going to ever know that if, if these types of studies are never done, if female boxers are not allowed to compete for 12 three-minute rounds and then these studies are done 10, 15 years down the line of the effects of that, if that's not done in professional boxing, how are we ever going to know? That's that's the problem. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a landmark moment for me personally that this has to be documented and talked about in the sport because it, for me, it has to be done. Now, before I talk about the other fight of the weekend to be tuning into, I think it's about the right time to come back to the Fury and Ganu fight and of course let Johnston have his say. Now he did send me a WhatsApp voice note for a few minutes long so I'm going to play that to you guys so that you can hear what he had to say about Fury versus Ngannou. 
So, without further ado, here's Johnston and his thoughts on this exhibition bout this weekend. Tyson Fury against Ngano. Oh, what can we say that hasn't already been said about this fight? To be honest, not much. This is still a fight that we don't want to see. This is not a fight we want to see at all. It's a fight that Tyson can earn a lot of money in. And, you know, you, you can't discredit him for going for the money. It's a fight he can have in between probably the biggest fight of his career against Alexander Rusik, which is being tipped for December and may switch to January. But I'll come to that in a second. But in terms of the fight, you've got a guy that is making his professional debut that is fighting arguably the best heavyweight in the game at the minute. It's crazy to think that Ngano has got this opportunity, but he has. So it is what it is. We've just got to literally see it for what it is. For me, Tyson Fury needs to win this fight by a knockout and he needs to be careful that he doesn't get himself injured or cut. Anything that can delay that fight against Alexander Rusik, that will be it. His discussion will literally be, go out there, get rid of him as quick as you possibly can, come away with it injury-free, take your money, and then get yourself prepared for the proper fight, the real fight against Alexander Rusik. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Tyson should knock him out. There's no way about it. Not For me, a points victory is not enough. He should be absolutely annihilating this fella. And I think he will. I think he will do it in about four or five rounds. So away from that for the minute, just to jump forward, um, there's been a lot of talk and discussions around Alexander Rusik asking for a 14-week training camp when, because he feels he wants to be ready, he wants to be in the best condition he possibly can be in for the biggest challenge of his career. And there's been a lot of talk around that, again, on social media, where people suggest that he's delaying the fight or he doesn't really want it, um, which is all nonsense. The guy wants the fight. He is one of the only fighters around in the professional game that will fight anybody. And and I do feel that the Tyson Fury task ahead of him is something he is adamantly wanting to do. And um, because he's asking for another couple of weeks and it delays the fight until January, give the guy his credit. He's still taking the fight. He just wants the extra couple of weeks to make sure he's in the best physical condition he can possibly be in, or physically and mentally. So just to just mention that, that... For me, he's not delaying it for ta for tactical reasons. He's delaying it for reasons for himself and he wants to be the best Usyk he can be. And that's what we want, don't we? We want the best Fury, the best Usyk to fight against each other and the winner takes all the marbles. And no doubt there's a rematch clause in there. So if it's close, we'll probably see it again. If there's anyone going to beat Fury, I do feel that it's Usyk and the same vice versa. If there's anyone going to beat Usyk, it's going to be Fury. These two are head and shoulders above everyone else. I think the main aim of this fight with Ngannou for Tyson Fury is to just come through injury-free, cut-free, get himself prepared, and then he can go for the big one. And then we can really start having a, a great year. And do you know what? It's not a bad thing to to move it to January because it will kickstart 2024 for potentially a great year for heavyweight boxing, which is what we want more than anything, isn't it? And if they fight again, they fight in June in the stadium, fantastic. But let's just hope sure, make sure Tyson Fury comes through injury-free. Which I'm, I'm sure he will, and he will get rid of this Ngannou fellow in no, no time whatsoever. Well, there you go. There's Johnston's 
thoughts on the Fury and Ngannou fight. And, and that's the first time I've heard it, guys. So I'm actually quite surprised to find out that Johnson thinks he's going to knock him out. That's, that's quite surprising to me because I don't think it'll go down that way. And as I said earlier on the show, exhibitions usually are, are kind of, in a way, not so much fully predetermined, not, not, not to my knowledge anyway, but they are agreed upon of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in terms of, of what they do in the ring. So I can't imagine that's the case. But do you know what? If it has been agreed that they're allowed to knock each other out in this fight and, and Fury does it, fair play to him. But it also puts himself at big risk of losing everything he's, he's worked for all his career if he was to get beat by Ngannou. Because that really puts a big dent in that plan of him being undisputed champion because that value of the Usyk fight surely at that point goes down. I, I just can't see it. I mean, I'm stretching a little bit in my mind of, of possibilities here, but I just can't genuinely see it. But it's interesting to, to hear what Johnston had to say on that matter and how he feels You know, this will play out and... Also, obviously, talking about Alexander Usyk. And if you guys have listened to this show, you're a long time listener. You'll know how much Johnson feels Usyk is is the man that's going to be able to beat Fury. If anybody out there can do it, it's Alexander Usyk, and he's the one he's championed for a good few years on this show. And he's talked about him being the one to be able to dethrone the heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury. I mean, he beat Joshua, beat him twice. He did it. You know what else is there for Usyk to challenge other than Fury in this division? So. It's the fight we all want to see, isn't it? Let's be honest. So I'm I'm totally sort of with Johnston on the fact that, you know, Usyk needs to have that time to prepare. And if it puts it back a, a few extra weeks, then I'm not going to be one to complain about that, providing it actually goes ahead and happens. So this is a stop off a of fury in between. It gives Usyk the time to put his recovery in and get himself in the best possible shape. And in the meantime, as long as Fury doesn't cause any injuries in this fight or doesn't get caught in this fight then we're pretty much all good to go for for January time, which should be, you know, fantastic, because that's what we want to see. At the end of the day, guys, we want to see this fight take place. That's the ultimate goal. This is an exhibition. The undercard fights are probably worth watching. Are you going to sit there and watch this event this weekend? I'd be very interested to know. I'm sure you will, but there are other fights on, as I've mentioned. I mentioned the Amanda Serrano fight this weekend. I haven't yet had the chance to mention the other fight going on this weekend as well. And I think it's definitely worth mentioning on Mex in, well, say on Mexico, in Mexico, O'Shake Foster versus Eduardo Hernandez, WBC super featherweight title on the line. O'Shake Foster beat Gary Russell for the title, and he's now defending it in Mexico. Really interesting fight, this one. Looking forward to to seeing how that one plays out. So, for us in the UK, it works out pretty well, to be honest, because we're going to get to see the Fury and Garnu card and fight at a normal time. It starts at 6pm UK time. I think it ends around about 10, 11 o'clock, and then the O'Shake Foster fight actually then starts early hours of Sunday morning, so it's good for us. And then if you want to watch the Serrano fight, that's also on zone as well. So if you want to tune into that, you can tune into the Serrano fight on the Friday, uh, early hours Saturday morning for us in the UK. And then, of course, the main fight that we've covered, or the main conversation that we've covered for this episode is on, in the UK, it's on TNT Sports. It's actually on pay-per-view as well. Would you believe it? Pay-per-view. I, I am genuinely... I understand why it's on pay-per-view. It's all about the money. It's all about bringing the crossover fans into the sport and, and making a, a an absolute 
meal ticket out of it, which is the whole purpose of this in the first place. But I think stuff like this, I'll be honest, this is bringing me into a different tangent from what would normally be on the show at this point. But it's events like this and it's events like Misfits Boxing a couple of weeks ago that is probably driving more and more sports fans, boxing fans, into the world of illegal streaming. It is. And and that's how that's how you end up losing subscribers. That's how you end up losing people tuning in to things like Showtime that has had to scrap boxing at the end of this year. Things like HBO. If if the numbers are not working anymore, if the numbers are not coming in because there's a lot of people streaming this stuff now or deciding to wait until it goes up on YouTube and then watching it, you can kind of understand. You can kind of understand why, especially with events like this. And I'm not condoning that it's it's the way forward and that's what you should do because ultimately it's illegal and I'm not going to condone something illegal on the show. However, a lot of people are doing it because they don't want to pay 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds. Even worse, in, in the US, you guys get absolutely stung. You get your pants pulled down badly for it, like 70, 80 dollars, which is the equivalent of about 50, 60 pounds in the UK. It's, it's ludicrous. But some people will buy into this and some people will actually go out and buy the show. And then they'll be the first people to complain on social media when they realise it isn't that good or it isn't as much of a spectacle as what they've bought into it. I think we've got to a point in the sport now and with social media and with all these different facilities that we have these days where you 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 can buy past the shit that's there now. You can look at it and go, do you know what? I know this is a load of crap. I ain't going to watch it. I'll just wait till the next day instead. Or I'll wait a couple of days down the line and it'll end up on YouTube or it'll end up on some other platform where you can watch it through and not end up paying for it. So you can kind of understand people's anger and frustration at this because it's it's not the fight that people want to see. If this was Usyk versus Fiora and they were charging 30 quid or $50 or $60 or whatever then you're going to say, you know what, it's the biggest fight of a generation. Yeah, 100%. You'd be willing to pay for it. You've got to. You've got to do it. As a boxing fan, you'd want to do it. But certainly, certainly with stuff like this, you're not going to go out of your way to pay pay money to see it when it's an exhibition bout. That's just my thoughts on feelings, on, on where I see this this weekend. And, you know, if you ask me the question, am I going to pay for it this weekend... Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not paying for it this weekend. I'm not also confirming that I'm going to be illegally streaming it either. But what I am going to do is make sure that before I come on a podcast and talk about the outcome of it and talk about the undercard, I will make sure I have seen the fights. And I'll talk about it on Monday or Tuesday next week and see what happens in the aftermath of it. Is it is it going to be spectacular? Is Fury going to knock him out? Is Nganu going to cause some problems? Are we going to be having a completely different conversation on this podcast next week when Joyce Johnston eventually returns to us? It will be really interesting to, to sort of see what happens in the aftermath and, and how that plays out. But for me personally, guys, it's, it's, it's one of them moments where it's like, look, he's taking the opportunity, he's taking his meal ticket, he's going to run with it. They probably knew behind the scenes all along that maybe this Usyk fight wasn't going to happen before the end of the year, and hence probably why he's decided to take this in the interim. Makes a lot of sense business-wise for him to make that much money on something that people are willing to tune into. So you can kind of understand that. Not 
spectacular as a boxing fan. Not the fight we want to see. But as Johnson rightly said, it is what it is. And you're either going to tune into it or you're not going to tune into it. But let's just give a shout to the big fights on the undercard. Fabio Wardley, David Adelaide, the one that I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Of course, I want to see whether Makhmadov will get another KO on his resume. Oh, Sheikh Foster's fight is one to watch out for. And as I said, Amanda Serrano on the zone Friday night, early hours Sunday morning for us in the UK, or Saturday morning, should I say. that They're the ones that I'm most interested in because I want to see how that then affects the landscape of, of those respective topics going forward. But that's it for this episode in terms of what I've got to say about everything that's going on this coming weekend. But I do want to take a few moments just to have a little bit of a direction to some of our other podcasts that we have. If you're a long-time listener, you'll know exactly what I'm about to say and you're probably going to turn off at this point. But if you are not a long-time listener, you've only been listening to us for a short time or it is even your first episode, please do go and check out our other shows, our series based content aside from a weekly show and sports news that we cover within boxing we do historical episodes legendary nights based on hbo's legendary nights but btr's version of legendary nights we've gone three seasons so far with a fourth coming before the end of the year we have career profiles a biography of some of the greatest fighters in this sport and some of those fighters that have been completely forgotten about not just fighters but figures within the sport of boxing as well please go and tune in to the career profiles podcast and finally the darker side of boxing a true crime based boxing podcast covering all the shady underworld tactics all the notable moments the things that happened outside of the ring the characters that you've probably never even heard of that you will never forget once you've listened to they are our three major shows please go and subscribe to them. They're available on any podcast feed. You can find them all across social media. They have Twitter accounts, but if you want to subscribe to us through any of the platforms, BTR Boxing Podcast Network is the best one to do so because you will find absolutely everything we put out on that feed also. But please make sure when you've listened to the episode, you do leave us some feedback. If you're on Apple, leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. If you're on Spotify, you can leave us a rating, but you can also leave us a comment on each individual episode that you've listened to. Please do it. People have been doing it, and it's really great to see how people find the episodes and how they enjoy the episodes or how they have some thoughts about maybe our thoughts on the episode. So please do continue to do it. It is really, really appreciated, and it allows us to have that dialogue on the podcast about what we feel about things and trying to address these things so please make sure you do tune in to all of that and follow us across the social media platforms i'm going to take just one more moment just to say a big thank you to the patrons of the btr boxing podcast network you guys are the backbone of this podcast without you guys we wouldn't have been able to progress further than what we've done before because of the support that you've given to us so thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by doing so we've allowed you as patrons to have early access to our series-based content we've allowed you to also get ad-free episodes every single episode is ad-free so you don't have to listen to any ads during the episode you also get everything that we've put out on the patreon feed that we haven't released to the general public 
and there's about 20 or 30 episodes there. You guys might have already listened to them, but for those that are listening and are thinking, oh, what is that? What can we subscribe to? What can we listen to that we haven't listened to before? If you do check us out on patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast, you will find all of the available membership tiers on there and what that entails and what you will get as a result of putting some small financial support towards us. A lot of the big podcasts have Patreon these days. It is a really fantastic tool. It really does help us. It allows us to bring in a little bit of a revenue stream to allow us to progress forward and produce more series-based content allows us to go out and buy more literature to help within the research for shows. It is really a great tool to allow us to move forward in our podcasting career. So please, if you're in a position to help support us, please go and check that out. Patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network. That is it for this episode. You've been listening to the Big Fight Preview, Tyson Fury, Francis Ngano on the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.